Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Good one, a podcast about jokes. I'm your host, Jesse David Fox. This week, instead of a traditional interview, we have a panel from New York Comic Con with the stars and writers of What We Do in the Shadows. Maybe the, the single piece of comedy that has brought me the most joy over the last couple of years. It's just so funny and dumb and brilliant. I love it so much. Uh, and, and it's wrapping up its third season tonight, October 28th on FX. This episode, you'll hear from cast members Natasha Dimitriou, Matt Berry, Kayvon Novak, and Harvey Guillen, as well as writers Sarah Naftalis, Yana Groskaya, Sam Johnson, and Paul Sims. The panel was moderated by my colleague Ann Clark. I know this isn't me, but Ann did a great job, and I didn't want to deprive you from getting to hear this group of funny, smart, cool people talk about a show that I think absolutely rules. If you're not familiar with the show, and you gotta watch it, dude. Uh, but we'll start with a clip from one of my favorite scenes from this season, and, and we'll also have clips throughout. So, here is the What We Do in the Shadows panel at New York City Comic Con. Another session day. Pitiful. On this day, hundreds of years ago, I rose to power in my country. Blah, 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 yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Just another milestone to celebrate for the rest of time. Believe it or don't believe it, baby, but vampire depression is the real fucking deal. The prospect of immortality can give some vampires the shits. They hate the idea of staring down life's eternal tunnel. What does it all mean? Nothing. When a vampire is depressed, the best treatment is to avoid them at all costs. Yeah. I'm 700 years old and what have I got to show for it? I'm a fully grown vampire and I still have roommates. I have no life partner. I have no living children. I have no one to share my dreams or my fears with. Um, sorry, Nando, we were just... I just had to check something, um... Hurry! I mean, once you see Colin Robinson belly dancing a few times, the magic kind of wears off. Doesn't matter that I'm an infinitely powerful being. Doesn't mean anything when you live for eternity. Everything loses its meaning when you live for eternity. In all the years I've known Nandor, I've, I've never seen him like this. I think he might be having a midlife crisis, but he's immortal, so I guess it'd be more like a crisis, crisis. Nandor's a crisis. So everyone, we have a very important vampiric council duty that I'm afraid is even too hard for my absolutely amazing abilities. Someone hasn't paid their vampiric council union fees in a while. Oh no! Sometimes it is nice to tiptoe in and remind Nandor that uh, he's very important vampire with very important jobs to do and also collecting vampire council dues is basically vampire shit work. And I don't want to do it! But you know, more the first thing that I want to raise my, my friend up. So, who wants to tackle this one? Well, I don't know, my lady. Are you sure anyone here is up for this task? Oh, shit. Um, yeah, oh, no, my darling. I wouldn't be man enough. Hmm. Uh, oh. 
Uh, I, I would love to help you out, but I too fear I'm not uh, man enough, whatever. No, that's right. You are a very shit stupid man, so you can't do it. How about you, Nandor? Bill collection? Okay, fine, I'll do it. There you go, yes. It's a very special job and we need the most... I said I'll do it. Give me that. Fuck. So you want me to come with you? No! If you follow Anna on social, you know that she became the, the street team of one to promote what we do in the shadows on premiere day. So please give a warm New York welcome to Anne Clark. Hello. Hello, New York Comic Con. How are you doing? Are you ready to talk to some regular human writers and actors? All right, please help me welcome to the stage showrunner, executive producer, and writer, Paul Sims. And he plays Laszlo Cravensworth. Please welcome Matt Berry. Keep it going for Naja, it's Natasha Dimitriou. And Guillermo de la Cruz, it's Harvey Guillen. Keep it going for the co-executive producer, director, and editor, Yana Gorskaya. And co-executive producer and writer, Sam Johnson. Executive story editor and writer, writer Sarah Naftalis. And joining us all the way from Toronto, Canada, is Nandor the Relentless, Kaven Novak. <laughs> He's on the screen. All right. Thank you for joining us at Comic-Con, everyone. Thank you. Uh, first, I want to talk about season three. We just watched The Wellness Center. Uh, to me, this is an episode that seems uh, very uh, important in this season because it, it deals with vampirism as a curse, which is something Nandor even says to Guillermo at one point. That seems to be a recurring theme in this season. Can you it talk about that? This season, especially for Nandor, yeah, he's having a, a midlife crisis, which means every 350 years or so, uh, <laughs> it's halfway through. Um, but yeah, if, if anyone here watches the show, you'll remember the casino episode and him realizing from the Big Bang Theory explanation that he's not the center of the universe and neither is our world, and it's really put him on tilt. Do you know what I have been wondering, Colin Robinson? What's that? Why do they call it the Big Bang Theory? It's about the creation of the universe. The what? And in a single instant, my world was turned upside down. Hence, the Sheminovich-Cohen conjecture. I, I gave him the broad strokes, the heliocentric nuts and bolts, if you will. Has nothing to do with cats like you thought. But what about the four elephants? For 750 years, I believed I knew the truth, that the earth rested upon the shoulders of four mighty elephants. Forget about the four elephants. Who stood on the shell of a large and noble turtle. Look at the turtle. Uh-huh. And then four more elephants. Around which the sun and the moon and all the stars revolve. But now, thanks to modern science, Nandor understands that we're all just temporary aggregations of dust and fluid camping out on a big rock that's just one of an infinite number of equally unspecial big rocks that make up part of this vast and uncaring universe. This is science. But this is a turtle. The world which I have known for seven and a half centuries is a lie. Yes, it seems to have had a very negative effect. Uh, and can you talk about, Yana, you directed this episode? I did. Can you talk about where the idea for, can you talk about where the idea for the Wellness Center came from? Well, it was a fantastic script by Stephanie Robinson um, that as soon as I read 
I knew I needed to do and hustle in any way to try and get my name on there too. Uh, but the Wellness Center, the whole like 80s vibe actually I think came from Laura Montgomery, our, our costume designer who showed us these incredible costumes for the background dancers that were based on these sort of 80s vibe. And we all went, that's a really interesting idea that they're sort of stuck in this era and that completely informed all the production design and... Uh, this, is, it's, this episode was really a good example of what a director brings to it because in the script we wrote, it was that he goes to a place where there's a bunch of vampires who are pretending to live as humans. And that was about as much as we said in the script. And we were like, well, where do they... Is it a YMCA or do they live in the countryside or something? And then <laughs> when Yana and Laura started talking about it, it became this more 80s Jane Fonda aerobicize... Uh, vibe and then it just went further and we further. We watched so much John Travolta. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about Nandor's hair in this episode? Because that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> How was that achieved? How did it feel? Can you talk about that a little bit, Kayvon? About my hair, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, firstly, can I just, I'm so sorry I can't be there with all you guys and thanks so much for showing so much love and support to this show it means the world to all of us um okay that was my bit uh my hair was just uh, a bunch of incredible wigs by uh the, our hair designer tamara howard who just wanted me to look like john travolta i think that was the but which movie was it which john travolta movie was the was it the uh, whole fiction perfect. <laughs> perfect perfect yeah watched a lot of perfect um so yeah it was it was it was a lot of fun to give Nando a new look because he's had his kind of, you know, Nando look for uh, quite a while now. <laughs> it's nice to have a bit of a change. <laughs> we end the episode with Nando in a cage still dressed that way. Can we expect this to be a permanent change to his aesthetic? No. <laughs> um, but this, this episode begins the last three episodes of this current season, and we didn't, uh, we didn't plan out originally for to these three episodes to be such a big, major story of their own, but these last three episodes, I think, are my favorite of the season, and they all head in a direction and tell a story that is shocking and fun. Harvey, you had another huge fight scene in this episode. Can you talk about what it's been like to just become an action hero? I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, that scene was really fun to shoot with Kayvon. Um, we were laughing a lot because at the end when we exit the room, he's supposed to land on the left-hand side of the, of the wall and the camera's between us and he would land on the right side and it's like, and start again. <laughs> but that's what makes it so fun doing the action scenes because... You know, you have comedy intertwined with some kick-ass moves. And uh, Tig, our stunt coordinator, uh, is amazing. So got to work with him again. And I like it. I like Yermo's, like, you know, badass side. So, I mean, do you guys like it? <laughs> <laughs> Will we get any more uh, Nandor dancing? Some hardcore choreography. I could do some for you right now if you like. <laughs> Oh, do you actually want me to? <laughs> of course. I'm in my pants. <laughs> and I'm done. Uh, I'd really like to talk about the Cloak of Duplication, which was another big episode. Uh, Yana, you directed this one as well, and Sam, you wrote on this one. Um, can you tell me about how you approached this episode? Did you go into it thinking that Kayvon could do all these impersonations of everyone else? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Kayvon's amazing, and he has this whole other career that um, we haven't fully seen, but I mean, he's just an incredible impersonator, incredible mimic, and so we were really excited to have a show where he, you know, brings that talent to bear. So, yeah, that's exactly and, and then, And then in a lot of the reviews and Twitter comments that came out, they said, oh, well, they obviously had Matt and, and uh, Harvey and everyone do the voice, and then Kayvon mimicked it. And they were all wrong, because it was all Kayvon doing it, except when it came to Natasha and the guy. You the can't voice. this. Sorry. 
Yeah. There's no duplicating Natasha's voice, but uh, it was astonishing how well he did it. But um, I don't know if he's ever done it in front of the people he's actually imitating. Were you, you haven't seen the episode yet, have you, Matt? I'm afraid not. No. <laughs> it, it looked very good from what I saw back there. Yeah. It's very good. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I really want to hear Kayvon's Natasha as well. Or Naja, excuse me. Because <laughs> we I didn't get to, to work hear it. I work with Natasha. I can't be doing things like that. <laughs> go on. You could do it. Go and give it a go. No, I think I, it, was, it was more the lip. I was going for the lip. <laughs> no voice though so. how, about, how about a little bit of your Guillermo just to prove to people that it was really you oh I could uh, do some uh, Colin Robinson for you guys <laughs> well speaking of impressions uh, in the season 2 finale uh, Matt and Natasha you pull out some pretty great Mark impressions that's right. <laughs> Colin. How did those develop? How did you come up with those? You can't help. Like, like Mark comes on the makeup truck in the morning, just, it's just pierces, morning! <laughs> I'm from the Midwest! Like, it's just... <laughs> Careful. <laughs> I, I did it the other day, and they were like, is that Mark? So, no, because it's exactly how he sounds. <laughs> it was very, very good. Thank you. And Harvey, where did you think uh, Nandor and Guillermo uh, ended up after that talk with Meg? Like, what do, you, what do you feel is going on there with them? I mean, that was really, we were talking about that scene and how uh, it was a great grounded moment for them to be honest with each other and uh, to see the trajectory of their friendship and what they mean to each other, you know? Uh, so I'm interested for you guys to see what happens in the next couple of episodes and where it leads but uh it was nice it was nice to do that and we're doing that scene like at four in the morning under a bridge in toronto in the winter and yeah and so it was nice it was it was great yeah speaking of filming at night in the winter in toronto i want to talk about werewolf kickball for a minute um can you share some stories of how that was to film tell us about that well, I, was, I came for five minutes, and I'm like, it's too fucking cold here. I'm going home, and left the actors to do the rest. It was six feet of snow. I, I, obviously, it was the initial idea was based on the baseball scene from uh, Twilight. Um, and then we realized, well, it's bitterly cold winter. We can't do that. Kickball would be more fun. We didn't plan for the six inches of snow, but made it look great. Yeah, it was so snowy. I was just sat looking at stood looking at uh, Matt and there was just a pile of snow growing on his head. <laughs> but I got away lightly with that because everyone else had to run round in freezing conditions and I just shouted bat and that was it. <laughs> and then it's visual effects. No, it's not. You do turn into a bat. I do really, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Matt, this is also the episode where you get a car. I do like that. Nice, eh? Feel her curves. She's a beaut. Ah, what's it run on? Petrol and coal. Hybrid. You might say. It's called a Stutz Laszlo. They only made four. They gave one to Henry Ford, and then he gave his one to his hero, Mussolini. That seems about right. Right. Oh! Did you hear that? Yeah. Come on, then. Let's go for a ride. We can go wherever you want. Montenegro, Cote d'Azur, you name it. Buffalo? Let's do it. Yeah, all right. Yes. Sounds kind now of fun. We're Little adventure. Yeah. Your jalopy is in this episode. I didn't know what a jalopy was until I read the script. I'd never heard the word. Didn't know what it meant. I still don't know what it means. Really. <laughs> was that a real... How, how was that created? Was there anything about that that was a real car? Yes, it was, the, 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 it was uh, some kind of real old car. Well, it belonged to Henry Ford, and it was given to him by Mussolini. <laughs> <laughs> that actual one. I didn't want to sit in it, obviously, but I was made to. And Matt, you're working a lot more with uh, Merck on this season. How, how is that different for you? Well, it's good to work with everyone from the cast, you know, whether it's Mark, you know, or whether it's a day with 
a day with Kay Van. It doesn't matter to me, you know, it's just good to work with everyone, you know, because you get different things from everyone. It's a joy and it's a, a huge pleasure. And thank you very much. <laughs> we'll be right back with more of the What We Do in the Shadows panel from New York Comic Con. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu-series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. Like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. And back to the What We Do in the Shadows panel. All right, I want to talk about the casino, another huge episode. Attention, the party bus will be leaving in a moment. We have a massive backlog in the Imperial Council business, and you all pick now to go on a trip? Yes. All work, no play, makes Colin Robinson a dull guy. Yeah, but there are two missing. Great. Holiday time. It has been several decades since we have taken an excursion away from our home, but Sean and Charmaine... Johnny! Yes, exactly. Sean and Charmaine from next door have organized a group getaway to celebrate their anniversary. Yep. And they've invited us! For vampires, traveling away from home can be very difficult. It's not the same as just flashing a few papers or wanking off Morris from steerage. There's a lot more to it. Most important rule, you must take with you the homeland soil of your coffin. Without this ancestral earth, Thank you. you cannot sleep, you cannot leave, Come. you cannot hypnotize, and your powers go to absolute liquid shit. Take the soil with me, all of it. Tie a knot. There we are. Very safe. Ready to travel. Some call our destination a mecca of the depraved. America's premier nocturnal playground of hedonistic debauchery. Sin City, US of A, baby! Viva Atlantic City! Viva Atlantic City, baby! Atlantic City! This episode felt very special. It's another one you directed, Yana, yes? Can you tell me about what went into this? And Sarah, you wrote this episode. Woo! Yeah. Tell me about where this idea came from, because it's such a, it's the first like really big episode, like even the opening is different. Can you tell me about what went into that? 
This was something that came up in the writer's room, I think pretty early, and I don't, I, I, we were just like, this is a perfect place to put vampires. There's no sense of time. The sunlight is deliberately blocked so people spend all their money. Uh, <laughs> how can we get them there? And then there's always uh, kind of eyes out for how we could get Sean and Charmaine in the mix. And so it felt like a natural chance to put them on a road trip and get to see Sean and Charmaine's marriage in action and downfall um, all at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And Yana, when you were actually making this, uh, it was during the pandemic, but that casino looks like life is just completely normal. How did you pull that off? Well, some of that is actually audience replacement. That's VFX. So um, in like the like, boxing scene, we didn't actually have that many people. We had people kind of move around and tiled them so we were safer. Um, and the cool thing about Atlantic City is like it can feel a little bit more abandoned and that feels right. <laughs> so, was yeah. the Big Bang Theory slot machine real? It was. There's a real Big Bang Theory. It is. It's a real thing, and they gave it to us. Yeah, what, we had what? to sign it. You can watch people play it on YouTube. He hasn't moved for hours. I've actually never seen him like this, to be honest. Let's go. Come on. Are you playing a game called the Big Bang Theory game? So hypnotic. Maybe has me in its grips. Ah. Two Leonard's in a rage. I need three rages! Again. I won! Bazinga! Bazinga is the war cry of Sheldon, their tall leader. The, the, not only is it real, that, but uh, for, for four months we were preparing that episode and we'd gotten all the legal clearances to use it and then 48 hours before we were going to shoot the episode we got a message from a legal department at Warner Brothers wherever saying you can't use that, you can't refer to the Big Bang Theory, you can't show any clips of the Big Bang Theory, you can't do anything. And we were like, well that's like a half the episode. I mean, we don't, there's no way to replace it. It can't be like a Cheers slot machine or something. And fortunately, Chuck Lorre himself saw, uh, we reached out to him and he was like, no, that seems funny. That's fine. So it was very nice of him to help. Oh, wow. That was really sweet. Yeah. Uh, and in this episode, we learn another vampire vulnerability, which is that they need the dirt of their, or the soil of their ancestral homeland. Is that where did you get that from? Is that, is that real? That's real life. It's real? What are you talking about? That's 100% Yeah, I've got, I've got my soil right now. I oh, know, mine's in my shoe. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great life hack in your shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's also a moment I just want to ask about for my own sake, where you see Colin in the mirror when they're checking into the hotel room, and he's gray. Is that part of his that's, deal? Uh, that's always, that's how Colin looks like in a mirror. That's always how he looks in a mirror? Yeah, he can, energy vampires, as we all know, if we paid attention in school, you, um, you cannot see a regular vampire in a mirror, but an energy vampire you can see, but they just don't look quite as good. I see, I yeah. see, they look bad. Yeah. I understand now. Um, there's another aspect of vampire life in this episode that fascinates me, and it's that we see, for the first time, them using hypnosis for monetary gain. <laughs> In the world of the show, is that how the vampires support themselves regularly? No, because this is all stuff that we talk about in circles to make sure we have the logic exactly correct. Um, uh, because her powers were drained from not getting any sleep and not having her ancestral dirt, she was not actually able to hypnotize the rat pack to get their money. She would just screamed at them a lot. And then that it scared them into giving it to I her. I see. But in their day-to-day -day lives, would that be how they support themselves? I don't think they have any idea how they support themselves. I think Guillermo takes care of it and maybe Colin Robinson does some bookkeeping and beyond that, as long as they have fresh humans to feed on, none of it matters. That makes sense. Uh, and one more vampire question is, when the head pops off at the end, like I loses his head, uh, was that an accident or is there some sort of vampire magic at work there? Yana? I, I always saw it as like the power of hypnosis giving it an extra, extra punch in its punch. Oh, okay. okay. It, it happens more than you think, actually. I don't know if you're a fan of the sweet science, Anne, but it does, it is possible. 
That's interesting to know. Thank you. Uh, and this is also the first season, I think, where we've talked about where uh, Nadja's actually from, right? Oh, I think we've Auntie referred, Paxos? We've referred, we've, I'm sure I think we've heard it before, I think. Not, well, Auntie Paxos, not necessarily, but we've talked in general about how where she's from sort of a small island in the Mediterranean. Yeah. Okay. Is, was there any reason Auntie Paxos became the island? It sounded cool, I guess. It does. I knew it was in the right area. And uh, Natasha, for the casino, I'm interested to know how that shoot was for you because it looked very physical. Oh, it was, but that's like the funnest stuff to do. And the guys who were the Rat Pack were so funny and so up for it. And like when we were doing the scene where I was being like, hello, boys, they were like, hello. <laughs> and it was so fun and amazing. And doing stuff with Marissa and the, the girls is like, and with Anthony and that lot, it's just the funnest stuff because they're so different to us. So it's like, it's like watching a, a sort of a, a studio sitcom when you're watching them. And then you're like, oh, right, I'm filming. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, it was super fun. And Harvey, there's this great dinner scene in the casino where there's so much going on, I feel, with everybody. Hi, Frankie, we play Pee Wee together. Yeah. 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 You remember yeah. that? Hey, Mikey, wake up. We play Pee Wee together too, right? <laughs> oh, holy oh, 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 shit. Yes, oh. What are you, drunk Shut up, shut up, shut up. Gizmo, be a good familiar and fetch my broom. Well, I'm not familiar anymore, so. Fetch a broom from the hostess. Now, Gizmo. Oh, cheeky prick. Yeah, the transition from familiar to bodyguard has been um, not much of a transition, I guess. Gizmo is no longer a familiar, so just. Make him feel like he's part of the team. No, no, Nandor is right. I mean, at every office I've worked at, they always say, we're a big family here. And it does motivate people to work harder and neglect their actual families and put up with all sorts of degrading shit. Okay, they are going to bring him up and a broom. Oh. Hmm? Ah, um, hello, Guillermo. Um, do you have any, um, Interests? It's a great question. I was wondering that too. Do I have any interests? Hmm. Yes, of course wow. I Wow. Very cool. He's got interests and he knows what's interesting. Yeah, I've got interests too. Mm. It's important. Okay. We're the same all with interests. Mm. You've got interests, don't you? I you like to bumps. walk around. I like to stare. Did I, did I miss something? We're all a big family here. Right. These interests that you have, do they involve the fairer sex? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not talking Yeah, well, do you have yourself a little cutie, chubby little girlfriend? Why does she have to be chubby? You know, Maybe a boyfriend. <gasps> yes. Have you got a little secret, you little sick fuck? Yeah, come on, you stinky bitch. The library's open. <gasps> Definitely not going to talk about it. Oh, one of each, you dirty dog. No, I, I just, I guess I grew up in a family where, you know, talking about your private life is that. Private. Oh, please. Do you know what the most beautiful thing in the world is? What? Fucking. The kaleidoscopic entwining of limbs and genitalia. Men, women, women, men. Women, 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 men, 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 men. Anything gets me hard. Sometimes it's a problem. Not to me. Everyone fucks and sucks. Thousands of chaps mm. and chapasses before they meet the one. Then if they're lucky, they can go off and fuck millions of others. Like we do. Don't think that was the case with my parents. Tell us more about that. You really want to know? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. It is tough. I mean, I remember being 10 or 11 when I first realized that I was... Oh, Frank, you put glass in the piccata and the restaurant comped us, so we got all these chips. Let's hit the casino. All right. Um, I'm so curious to know how you think... How much do you think Nandor knows about what you were sharing at that table? Because his, the faces he's making behind you as you're talking. I think he knows more than the rest. Uh, he spends more time with me. Um, I also think it's a really great moment that Yana directed and it was just uh, really sweet and tender to have all the castmates and the housemates listen to him for the first time ever. Like really, I looking across the table and seeing you know Laszlo and Naja and Colin Robinson really genuinely trying to show interest, like, come on, spill the tea, stupid bitch. <laughs> you know, like that idea uh, was really nice to like see him be like, are you serious? You want to get to know me? And then is about to share maybe a really personal story. And then it's like, 
Anthony comes with the, we got the dinner comp because we put glass in the piccata, you know, and it ruins the moment. Um, but it also leads us to know that there's more uh, to Guillermo that we don't know, and, and uh, maybe we'll find out. I have another question for you, Harvey, as well. Um, you, there's a new animal in this season, the Hellhound. You seem to get the most face time with all the animal actors that come on this show. I was wondering if you could rank them by how much you enjoy working with them. They are Sam the Cat, the Witch's Goat, and the Hellhound. Because he's got an enchanted nutsack. Nutsack. Um, I, I would rate it, the, the goat was the worst. Because at one point it was eating my costume. Like, I think I remember, we either, I was eating, I was talking to it and like it was eating my, and, and we had to keep going because I was just talking to it and it's all, like, eating my costume. And I was like, should I keep going, guys? And they're like, yeah, we got to get the shot. And so it was eating my costume. And then it wouldn't run out down the hall. Remember that? I just wanted to eat the it set. Just wanted it was to eat just the like, set. this is too many nice it, textures for my mouth. I think we had to rebuild some of the set because he was eating part of the set. And the, the trainer, who's lovely, was with the clicker. And it's like, oh, no, they do this all the time. And it's like, and it wouldn't go down the thing. It's like, Come on, you stupid bitch. <laughs> it was just like yelling at this animal. And we're like, um. I asked, I said, like, is, they were like, we're so sorry. There's been problems with the goat. Um, there was a lot of traffic this morning. We think that put him in a bad mood. He <laughs> was so flustered because there was traffic that morning, so he couldn't focus on set. So the goat was like, nah, not today. <laughs> we couldn't get him out of his cage. <laughs> like, it wouldn't come the out. The world are gridlocked. There's too much construction in this town. So I would rate the goat first um, as worse. And then, um, I, I mean, the other, like, the dog was great. I mean, sometimes there was two dogs, actually. So there was, like, the, they were, like, the twins in Full House. So we had two of them. And we used, one of them was really, like, obedient. And the other one sometimes got a little distracted. So maybe that's second place. The best one was the cat. I think the cat was great. Yeah, cats! <laughs> The cat was the best one, and, uh, and, and it was nice to hold because it was a winter day and it was warm. So that, there you have it. <laughs> uh, and Matt, the episode where the Hellhound is introduced is the Chamber of Judgment, where you get to play a, a barrister with a, with a cool wig. Right. Uh, and also, but by this episode, this is where it feels like Laszlo and Colin are kind of becoming friends. Are you approaching that? as a genuine affection, or are you just trying to avoid... I can't tell you that. That's, um, that's basically the crux of everything. Oh. And um, I'd never work again if I was to breathe that. That's fair. Uh, I want to move on then to The Escape, another very big episode. Uh, Yana, you directed this. Can you talk about the decision to bring the Baron back? Big pool now, almost there. Well, fancy seeing you here, Baron. We thought you were dead. Well, no, I am not. <laughs> you see, when you buried me, I was pretty much dead, but not completely dead. Give the Baron his last sip. Of course. So just get him in. Yeah. I was able to slowly regain my strength, subsisting on the blood-soaked dirt of the many, many humans you have buried out here. That was a bit of luck. <laughs> no, I did try to dig my way to the surface using just my mouth and this one arm that is fused to my chest. I guess I was digging sideways instead of up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll happen when your arm is... Uh... Yeah. Soon, I recovered enough to cry out and beg you to dig me up. I, help! Help, I cried. Oh, okay, that was right. you then. Yeah, I heard the screams, but I just thought it was someone in the neighborhood in grave danger. I was like, not my problem. That is all of the past, because I am now back, and I have never felt better. Oh, you look good. <laughs> oh, oh, almost done. Yes, okay. There it goes. Okay. Who wants to get smacked first? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking seeing the Baron again, considering our, our history. But he doesn't seem to remember anything. He was on a lot of drug blood that night, so what he don't know won't hurt him. 
for me. So nice to be back in the arms of a big, strong boy. But this means that that sire theory, if he dies, they all die, that might be real. Woo! We did CGI. Go, Paul. What? Um... I think it was, we liked the idea of the, the sire escaping and, and we're talking about the logic of, well, if the sire dies, all vampires die. This is in the writer's room. And then we said, well, if, but we can't do that story because the Baron's dead and that would mean all our regular characters are dead. And then we like, we're like, well, I guess the Baron's not dead. And we basically had, had Matt and, uh, and Mark have the same conversation that we had in the writer's room. And then it was so fun because Doug Jones, who plays the Baron, is so funny and so talented and it was just amazing in that episode to watch watch him be funny in all the different ways that we had to do it to make it seem real like sometimes it was it was Harvey hugging him but his, the bottom half of him it was a green screen sometimes it was a puppet that was that was there Some, sometimes he was sitting on a couch that had a hole cut in it all, all these things to the make it look like is extraordinary though and yeah. many times I will be two minutes into a conversation with the puppet, thinking it's him, <laughs> waiting for a response, which obviously doesn't come. What we hope to do someday is, is give Doug the opportunity to act without 15 pounds of makeup all over him, because yeah. he really is a great actor I in real life. That. And never complains, yeah. ever. Never. Yeah. There are so many creatures in the episode, The Escape. There's gargoyles, and there's also the sire himself. Can you talk about how you decided to make the sire look like that? Because by the end, he's kind of cute, right? Yeah. Gotta, you talk. We talked a lot about the sire and how to make him initially scary, but also fragile, and um, you know how to make jump scares, but then in the end, to feel like this was maybe a lovable human at, at some point. Part of, it, part of it is the eyebrows and his frown. He looks like he's just been beaten down and you feel, you feel bad for him. But speaking of the sire, there was another online reviewer who said, oh, the sire, yes, well, that was obviously all digital. And I was like, come on, do some research. That was a very talented stunt person wearing this gigantic costume. The only thing we added digitally was the sire's wings, but it was, uh, he was scampering around and running around and picking up Kayvon and all that stuff. And a very talented voice actor. And a very talented voice actor who's a friend he of the show. He did the wings, but maybe CGI was getting them to flap. Yeah. Kayvon, can you talk about your showdown with the sire? What was it like to face off? Uh, well, I was, uh, I was pretty kitted out in my, infl was, I was in my inflatable, wasn't I? I was in the inflatable, I had the hockey, the ice hockey pads, I had the cycle helmet, it was pretty ridiculous. And we, were fil we filmed it in a... Um, was it a Best Buy we filmed it in? Or Canadian, a Canadian tire. tire? That was a Canadian Tire, which is Canada's Other version tire shops of, are available. of Walmart, so, sort of, yeah. In between takes, we would just go, like, shopping. We had the whole place to ourselves. We had a, a lovely sales assistant who was there. I think I bought some dumbbells. You, you guys have been it. tearing apart a few stores in this season. There are a few stores that just get decimated by you guys. Is that a lot of fun? Like in the, in the toy store as well with the balls and the... Natasha, do you want... Yeah, oh, that, yeah night that, with was, the balls. that was like magical. So that was all very fun filming it and like that blah, blah, blah. But what was really fun was putting resetting the balls back into the net. So like the whole crew was around just like chucking the balls. And I was like, I think I'm in heaven. Just like being surrounded by balls. I mean, no pun intended. <laughs> and we love you too. Matt, you got to go inside a Best Buy for one of the episodes in The Siren. Was that your first time inside a Best Buy? It was, yeah. I, I didn't know until you just said that, that it was called Best Buy. <laughs> In the I episode, thought it was just a warehouse. Uh, the, that was really important to me that when we wrote that part that it actually be a real store and not be like a fake TV store like Jim's Electronics yeah. or something. And it took a lot of wrangling. Oh, it was very real. That's because it, it was real. Because <laughs> it was in the middle of the night and yeah. it was actually quite ghostly because all the things were there as they would be, but in complete darkness. If you can imagine that. <laughs> if you could imagine that. <laughs> 
Was any of that part? Was any part of that shoot fun for you? Because you're kind of an none of it file. was fun. No, <laughs> none of it is fun. No, of course it was. Yeah, it's all great. Oh, good. Uh, and Natasha and Kayvon, you really get to work a lot together this season, obviously, as co-leaders of the Vampire Council. Can you talk about how that's different, or, or you know, how that's you, been? Kay, you go first. Well, you know, I got an email in the middle of the night from Natasha. I was like, hey, what's up? She's like, I think we should have more scenes together. I'd really love to work with you more. You're such a great actor, so funny, such a great guy. I said, let me speak to Paul. And then we had a whole episode where we were just walking around, holding hands. It was lovely. It was great to spend more time with you, Natasha. I don't spend enough time with you. No, yeah. Here we are, are. trapped (laughs) in a TV on its side. No, it was it was so fun, like Matt said, to like explore different dynamics with the characters because the way I am with Laszlo is very different with the way I am with Nandor, is it? Actually, I'm just thinking I just scream at both of you all the time. (laughs) Maybe it's more similar. but no, it was it was super fun. And just the whole council thing was so funny to have them be like given responsibility and they're so stupid. So <laughs> to, to play that was like so much fun. Yeah, and in the sire or the siren, excuse me, not the sire, the siren, Naja has this really intense kind of emotional breakthrough. Is there gonna be less yelling from Naja? Because that's my favorite part of her. Oh, no, the yelling stays. Yeah. <laughs> I think she just will feel better about the yelling and realizing that it's good to get it all out. Oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. And can you talk about the decision to make the Naja doll walk? Oh, that was amazing, that was amazing. That was one of those ones that, that after doing three seasons or so, when we started out the first season, we thought some of the, we really scaled back our expectations, and the first big stunt we did was when Laszlo slams his cape in the taxi drawer and the taxi drives away and drags him down the street and we were like this is going to take four hours and within about half an hour the stunt people had it done and every season as we've gone on with the stunts and effects we've gotten to the point where we're sort of challenging them to see what they can't do we had no idea how they would make the doll walk sword fight and all that and uh it, to me, it looked amazing. I love it. Do you want to know what it looked like before the VFX happened? It yeah. was two guys, not young guys, um, in green suits with the doll attached to their feet. But you, but you also have to picture that the green suits covered their heads completely, and every move they made, the doll would... The, it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was It was so funny. This is also the episode where Scott Bakula makes an appearance. Yeah. Was that on your wish list from the beginning? From, the, from season one. There were like two dumb jokes in season one. One was that they almost uh, moved to Pennsylvania because they thought it sounded like Transylvania. And I think we got that in in the Jackie Daytona episode. Yeah. And, and the other one was uh, the idea of them mistaking Scott Bakula for some kind of vampire because he obviously sounds like a vampire. But was that a real... Were you really on the Zoom with him? Was that... Oh. Yeah, it was legit, and Kristen was freaking out because she was like, he's her like heartthrob, and so she was like, oh god. Um, but yeah, no, we were actually on the Zoom call, weren't we, Kay? And it was, it was mainly just us in character, so it did, it felt very real, like we were embarrassing ourselves in front of that <laughs> very successful actor. And uh, Kayvon Harvey and Natasha, can you talk about working with Scabby the Rat, the inflatable rat? Yeah, it was that. It was as big as it. You, like that wasn't CGI, that was a real, and I didn't know, I was like, why are we, what's the rat? There's a big blow up rat. And then I understood about sort of protest culture in America and it was a great day. Well, the, the, the end part when the, when the rat is deflating and you're comforting it was real. There was a part you had to do, speaking of stupid looking things, that with a guy with a, ping pong, a, a tennis ball well, off the top of his pool head. Pool noodles. Pool noodles. Uh, yeah. pretending to be the rat. Yeah, I had to f- pretend it was a rat and it was a man with a pole noodle on his head. So that was good. But yeah, and then we, I actually filmed the rat deflating and there w- we did one take where it really was crushing me and I was like, don't break character, don't break character. <laughs> but I was getting more and more and the rat was getting more and more. <laughs> yeah. Was I was statue. worried about you. <laughs> the statue wasn't there, right? It was the, it was the green thing. Oh yeah, yeah, the statue was just a green pole. Yeah. And isn't it, isn't it that the statue's based on Yana? That's a little bit of insight. It it's my mini cameo. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, we have a couple minutes left. 
we can take like a few audience questions. Are we set up for that? All right. Right over here. We'll take a, a couple. Good God. I'm really short. I'm sorry. Guillermo. Yes, I also brought uh, Antonio Banderas. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for the show, uh, number one. Uh, I also want to let you all know that I'm from Staten Island as well. So I blame Woo! you guys for everyone asking me, is there vampires in Staten Island? Uh, but, um, of course, my question is for Harvey. Number one, thank you for your brown and queer representation on the show. <laughs> um, I, please be honest with me, how many sweaters does Guillermo actually own? Actually, Guillermo doesn't own a lot of sweaters. I mean, we do a good job of rotating them, um, but there are some really nice sweaters that look like, some of them are vintage, like there's some sweaters that got out of rotation that, um, that I really liked. It was season two sweater that I think one of the sweaters got put into a washer and it was wool. And oh, no. we couldn't use it again, so that one's retired. But now this season, our amazing costume designer um, did a really cool Van Helsing twist to him with the vest and the long sleeve rolled up, sh you know, shirt and the boots and all that. So I would say he owns f five, six go-to sweaters. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid, yeah. Thank you so much. Everyone. Thank you. Okay. We only have time for two more questions. Let's go over here. Hi, I'm Emma. Um, so some of my favorite episodes are the ones with the werewolves, and I was curious if there's any other like mythological creature you can put to the show. What would you want? There is, uh, uh, there's an episode that we're, we've already started shooting season four, and there is an episode... <laughs> there's an episode that we'll be shooting in season four that Yana's directing that is the, probably the most ambitious episode we've done as far as seeing the other creatures of the supernatural world. Oh. Yes. Um, Can't wait. So you're going to have to wait a little while for that, but it's going to be amazing. All right. Right over here. Hi. Um, just wanted to say I think the show is hilarious, and I actually started watching it because I was told that I looked like Nandor. <laughs> <laughs> After seeing my friends, you know, my hair grow on the from the pandemic, I'm like, who's Nandor? <laughs> uh, my question is just generally... Uh, you know, do you think there's a possibility that we can see more of Jackie Daytona? <laughs> You'll have to ask him. It has nothing to do Please. with me. <laughs> you know, we, t that was such a special episode and so funny that every time we discuss doing something else, we're like, I don't know. How are we going to beat that? I, I think before the series is over, he might reappear. It's very easy to do. It just takes blue jeans and a toothpick. And That's all it is. There he is. There he is, over there. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Thank you. All right. Well, we are out of time. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Thanks Thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Thanks. That's it for another episode of Good One. The season finale of What We Do in the Shadows airs on October 28th on FX. After that, you can watch all three seasons on Hulu. Follow Ann Clark on social media at Andy Clark. Goodness is produced by myself, Jelani Carter, and Camila Salazar. Gotham Shrikashin did our theme song. Write a review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at goodonepodcast. I'm Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. Good One is a production of Vulture and the Vox Media Podcast Network. We're back next Thursday. Have a good one.